This is a HeadGum Podcast. Welcome to the show. This is We'll See You in Hell, uh, your hopefully favorite horror movie, sci-fi fantasy podcast. We're happy that you've joined us. Today's topic will be Blade Runner 2049, the review the diehards of this podcast have been waiting for. You know how we feel about the original Blade Runner. Right. That it's a steaming pile of shit. So... <laughs> Has the sequel outdone the original? Wait to find out on this episode of We'll See You in Hell. I will say I accidentally saw Blade Runner 2069 <laughs> in which Ron Ryan Jeremy. Gosling and Harrison Ford uh, on a couch both sucked each other's dicks at the same time. Right. Did I enjoy it? You know, honestly, yes. Did it need to be two hours, 45 minutes? No. <laughs> but it's hard for an older man to come, and Harrison Ford's probably 70 years old. Folks, I'd love to get on with the show and help. Why don't I also get on with a job? Very good. Very good. Here we are on a Saturday night. Pat and I are on my uh, couch in my living room. Uh, it is a about, touch of sadness in the air, frankly. It is. And it's, it's 9.30 and we're sitting here <laughs> recording. Well, we are drinking steadily. Pat's been hitting this weed pipe. Yeah. You don't always have to tell him. <laughs> you don't always have to tell him. But the weekend comes and Daddy likes to put on his briefs and slide across the floor <laughs> to some Bob Seger risky business style. And, and it's not a crime. Uh, and we're going to go to the bar after this, so that'll be fun. Uh, I will uh, tell you, folks, we just recorded our bonus episode over at Patreon. I would be remiss. I would be remiss congeniality if I did not tell you that we now have a Patreon. If you if you want uh, to donate any amount of money, we'd love it. We're doing this out of love. The money will, will kind of keep the show going. If you want to shout out on the show, it's a $5 a month donation. It's like a buck a week. And if you want the bonus episode, which we just recorded, and folks, it's an hour plus, and it is me and Joe each discussing our all-time favorite horror movie. If you want to find out what that is. Plus with plenty of bitching and Oh, yeah. There's, digressions there's at least and... 50 minutes of bitching before we get to the point of the episode. But... Uh, yeah, it's a $10 a month donation, and each month you will get, um, you know, a truly special and, and, and stands on its own episode of the show. It's not like some quick fuck off. We, we take it very seriously. Yes. And this week's episode is fantastic. We wanted to launch it right. Um, Joe, do you have the Patreon address offhand? Uh, it's patreon.com slash WS. Uh, I-Y-H. I-Y-H. We'll, we'll see you in hell. No, no, no. W-S-Y-I-H. That's what I just said. Is it? Patreon.com yep. slash W-S-Y-I-H-P-O-D. Yes. 
uh, and that's it. And uh, we're gonna. This is the first episode. Where we're going to do shout outs to everybody that donated five bucks or more. Those will be at the end of the episode, though. So the people that weren't able to donate or donated uh, under that tier don't have to sit through all the damn shout outs at the beginning. Yeah. You know, so you know, we don't want to. Ex- we don't want. We don't wanna want anybody to feel excluded here. We're just trying to give little bonuses to people that are helping us keep this going. And for those who can't, that's fine. You're still going to get this damn podcast. Don't worry yeah. about it. Uh, we, we just started a week ago, not even, and we, we've been pretty overwhelmed by the response. It's very nice. Yes, uh, thank you, Thank everybody. you very much. Thank you. Uh, I'd like to start today, if you don't mind. I, I, I don't know, but I assume I don't mind. With a segment that I said was going to be a new segment. I think we did it one time. Uh, but I said we were going to do a news segment now on the show. And uh, we did it, as I said, one time, I think, and never returned to it. But uh, I, I can't even remember what the fuck we were going to call this segment. But anyway, I do think that, you know, there's some value in us doing, uh, you know, an interesting horror, sci-fi, or fantasy-related news story. Uh, in the past, I know we did the, I, th- I believe, the Jeepers Creepers, something about Jeepers Creepers 3. Anyway... Today's news story comes to us via MovieWeb.com. John Carpenter will score the new Halloween film. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, and for those of you that are John John Carpenter fans, he's released two volumes of the Lost Themes uh, works, and both of them are exceptional. The guy is really, really, really doing some really cool musical work these days, as, as he always has. Uh, but the fact that he is returning to orchestrate this, and the second bonus is they also announced that this movie will be a direct sequel to the first Halloween film. It's apparently ignoring all the sequels. When I so, heard Jamie Lee Curtis was involved, I was very, yeah, very excited. Yeah, I'm excited. And, and frankly, I think don't don't careful you, the chord there. I got it. No, 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 don't don't oh, okay. keep it because it might distort the thing. Don't you consider two better than one like a dummy? I love two, and I know nobody agrees with me on that. But here's why I like two. They should all be thrown out. Here's frankly. no, that's here's why I like two. One, I agree, is a moodier piece. It's it's one is much more of a film, two is much more of a movie. I one get is good, two is bad. Two's not bad. Two it's is a fine sequel. Two is great because one gets all the exposition out of the way, and two hits the ground running. So I like that. It's fun. It's fun. It starts right up at the top, and it never lets up. Right. There is no, we need to explain who Michael Myers is. We need to explain who this doctor is. We need to explain why he's coming back to this. There is none of that. It's just the body is gone at the end of one. What the fuck? And then two starts, and it, it starts right then at that moment. There's no atmosphere. There's no suspense. Um, I don't agree with that. There's literally a scene where, like, a nurse takes her top off. It's It's shit. Frankly, it's shit. It's not shit. It's an okay sequel to a masterpiece. It's, well, here's it's, what it's I'm wondering. You're an idiot. It's shit. Three's better than two. Shut the fuck up, Three's Pat. more interesting Stop than two. Stop it. Stop it. I'm sorry. It, Stop it. You, you should be ashamed to say that Halloween 2 is better than one. 
I'm not saying it's better. I'm not saying it's a better film. I'm saying I enjoy it a bit more because I like the pacing of it and everything. All right. I'm not saying it's a better movie. All right. It's like I you, realize you are a, a bit. I realize Nightmare on Elm Street two is not structurally a better film than Far and Away, but I enjoy watching Nightmare on Elm Street two more. That, that, that that's Far the, and Away with Tom Cruise doing an Irish accent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. Now I've se- I saw Far and Away when I was a kid, but that is a a, a period piece. Is that right? In I've the never 50s? seen the goddamn movie. I was just taking a blind. He's a boxer in Ireland. All right, is that let what's me going let on? me let me change my thing. My, okay, now, my example. But now I want to know what Far and Away is. about. I realize Nightmare on Elm Street Two is not a better movie than The Remains of the Day, oh, but I'd rather watch Nightmare on Elm Street Two. That's all. That's all, all right. I'm saying with Halloween Two. All right. Um, Here's my question. If this one now is going to pick up after the first or, you know, be a direct sequel to the first one, it, are they going to eliminate that Jamie Lee Curtis is his sister? Because John Carpenter said he only did that in a in a moment of desperation in writing the sequel. Yeah, because he didn't want to do another. He didn't want to do a direct sequel. He wanted to do a completely other story, which is why three is a completely different thing. Right. And he said that, you know, he was said he was sitting typing and he had drank about a six pack and he said he had no ideas. And he was just like, God help me. I'll just make it that they're brother and sister. Yeah. You know, put a little Star Wars t- twist in there, you know, right. kind of thing. So uh, I'm just excited that the guys making like the darkest, most interesting comedy right now are making this horror movie. Uh, and I think they'll take it in a different tone than fucking Rob Zombie. Thank God. But oh, that said, folks, the second season of Vice Principals is uh, almost unwatchable. And I loved the, Oh, really? The back half of the first season, I thought that show got better and better. Maybe the second season will be the same, where it starts out weak and gets better. It's bad? I've been I haven't seen any it. of it. I've been hating it. Why is it bad? And I love those. I like. I I was so I was thirsty for it. I, I Eastbound and Down is is an all time favorite for me. Why is this season bad? There's not a laugh to be had. Um, and then in terms of the darkness, like the darkness in Eastbound and Down is this guy who just can't stop fucking up, and anyone who's <laughs> ever had a problem with drugs and alcohol can relate to it in a big way. And it, it, even when it got crazy, it was relatable. This season, I mean, uh, Goggins is is beating the shit out of a fellow teacher in a wheelchair, and he's in the is in the handicap stall in the men's room. He beats the shit out of a guy in a wheelchair. I'm like, you know, so what did you do? Spin a wheel of what's offensive and land on beating up a guy in a wheelchair? Like, folks, it, it's embarrassing. I, I I've hated the whole season, and these are my favorite guys. I, it, it's it hasn't been good. Walsh is not having it. I'm not having it. He's had enough. I've had and enough. that's all there is to it. Had speaking of uh, speaking of what you're having or not having, Pat, yeah. let's move on to Pat's movie corner. Have oh. you uh, have you seen anything in this last uh, whatever it's been week? I that's uh, that's is my impression of uh, Al Pacino in Scent of a Woman being derogatory to a woman. Ready? Yeah, you're a hua. That's good. Get it? I got it. Yeah. I got it. Maybe uh, I could take that to SNL. I'll put that in my packet. <laughs> I saw 
Oh, and speaking of jokes that aren't that funny, sorry, Pat, Go I keep on. cutting you off. No, it's fine. You got me good. Pat and I were at a bachelor party this weekend, and uh, we were sitting around a table playing uh, some sort of a board game. The worst board game ever. Uh, fascist versus something. Predator, what was it called? Our dear friend Moshe Catcher tried to explain this thing to us. We were higher than shit. I couldn't make heads or tails out I of it. I tell you, I read the directions today. Sober as a judge, I couldn't make heads or tails. I don't, uh, I don't go for... <laughs> A cerebral board game. Get out of here with that shit. But Pat and uh, Pete Holmes from across the table from one another started doing some sort of bit about a mad magician in a ball sack or something. Yes. Play on words, some sort of a thing. Well, it it was a previous bit of mine, Pete's, where we basically outlined an entire movie called Flabracadabra, wherein Ben Stiller is a uh, David Copperfield-type magician who, based on actual David Copperfield events... Apparently, he has his own little island. That's how rich he is. Yeah. And on his show... Copperfield, not Stiller. Copperfield. Yeah. When he finishes the show on Friday night, he does like the Motley Crue thing of like... He surveys the crowd. He picks out a woman that he wants to maybe ask to come on his island, and he brings a woman with him. So he pitched this thing where Ben Stiller is playing David Copperfield, basically, and he points to... I love that blonde in the third row. They accidentally get Rebel Wilson... She goes them to this island. The movie's called Flabbercadabra. And he's alone on this island with Rebel Wilson. But in in the end, they find love. Now, we had this thing broken out to the point where I think we could sell this tomorrow <laughs> because it's just that stupid an idea that it could maybe get made today. Right. That's what we were discussing. And then Pete was making some sort of weird, you know, magic. He was puns. making, yeah, he was making yes. a joke about it. I didn't realize this whole thing that Pat just explained. I didn't hear any of that at the table because, again, I was higher than shit. Yeah. I also had about seven tequilas at this point. Yes. I thought it'd be funny to yell out the term Madge Dick uh, <laughs> across the table. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I ye- a hard thud. I yell it across the table. It gets nothing. Pat goes, yell out Madge Dick again. I think he's being sincere. I yell it out again. It bombs again. I go, it got nothing the second time. He goes, yeah, I know. Pete and I have pretty much figured this thing out. Yeah. And... uh it hurt at the time. It hurt a little bit, and then I realized, oh, this is like a bit they had. I was just on another fucking planet. I was on another planet. I will say, I've I've been around you high before. I've done the podcast where you were high before. I recognize you as being super stoned, but you were way more together than normal in that in that situation last night. Yes, I was on another planet. I'm yeah. telling you, when. Uh, Moshe was trying to explain to us the rules of the game. I was, I could not stop laughing at how complicated it was. And you did say to me at one point, you go, you go, dude, you're on your own thing right now. Like you're really, you're somewhere in your head. I was laughing so yeah. hard. I couldn't to the point where I felt bad. Cause then he started getting self-conscious. Like, right. I'm sorry. Is this too much? And it was like, no, it's just funny, man. Well, there, <laughs> to me, there's not, even since I was a kid, there's nothing funnier than the guy who is trying to teach you a board game <laughs> and is getting angry because nobody's listening. It's it's just a, <laughs> it's always hilarious. But with everyone being high, it contributed. With the rules being so complicated, it contributed. And when 20 minutes into the, the instructions being read to us, I noticed Moshe suddenly getting confused on something and consulting the instruction book. Right. The guy who's telling us about right. the game. <laughs> I was like, this is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> and I, I was ready to leave, but then 
in the game, the person who has to say till the end is has the Hitler card. I sure enough, I peek into my envelope because the game involved envelopes, and I was Hitler. So then Josh, our buddy, was like, "I got to get out of here." And they're like, "Are you? As long as you're not Hitler, you're fine to leave." And I was like, "Well, fuck! That just confirms that I have to stay here." Then Pete launches into this bit about how our friend Josh was. This will never translate, but it was. I'll try to explain it. Was so, I laughed harder than I have in five years? He honestly. was so. This made me laugh in like. I'm in college and I got high for the second time. Yeah. This was that kind of laughter. Now, do you remember you filmed it? It's on your phone. I did? You filmed like the highlight of the bit. I didn't remember that. I I filmed it? You filmed it. Oh, well, I'm going to enjoy that for a long time to come. Um, This was like literally college high laughter. I was was laughing uncontrollably at this. He starts doing this bit of Josh leaving and, and he's doing an impression of Josh driving home being so elated that he has somehow got out of playing this game that none of us understand. Yeah. And Pete is miming a man driving, for some reason, a semi-truck. He's spinning the huge... He's doing the underhand steering wheel move. Yes. And he's just going... And he's just going, (laughs) Woo-hoo! It's not... It's Honestly, there's no way to explain it to make it as funny as it was. But the bit was just that he was so happy he was driving and, and, and the song kept changing that he was singing along to on the way home. Yeah, and it was all just like some sort of feel-good celebratory song. Right. It started with, with woo, <laughs> whatever that song is. Yeah. Then when Josh <laughs> left, I, I, I took the bit in the direction where Josh then also escaping the game high fives Rob on the way home oh, while well, they're Rob, driving. Rob left first and then it was Josh. It was right. Rob first driving and then Josh driving. But, but now I realize they would not have been driving in opposite directions. My Doesn't premise matter. was flawed. It's, it's not flawed. It, it was, was flawed. hilarious. So then they're driving by one another and they're high-fiving yeah. as, uh, what are some of the other songs we did? We did Woohoo. We did uh, We did. We uh, did uh, Santeria by Sublime. Santeria. We, we did, did So Horny. Yeah. <laughs> as they drive past each other, <laughs> high-fiving. Yeah. We, and then, honestly... When I thought the the bit was completely worn out, he hit us with "Somebody Once Told Me the," w-. and that song is always funny. And he, by the way, wait you up, did you had a real big one that you're forgetting. Santeria was my no, big it one. was my. Her name is Rio, and she dances in the sun. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Her name is Rio, <laughs> and they're they're high fiving as they drive by. Yeah, yeah, We're yeah. out of the game. The uh, now up until it was the, a terrible game, but I I had a blast up until the point of the um, Smash Mouth song coming in. Yeah, it was just us singing the songs to each other yes. and miming driving and laughing hysterically. When when Smash Mouth came in, Pete set it up on the stereo. We think the bit's dead. He just starts playing the song and then the actual song. And that was like, I thought I was going to die. I was laughing so hard. Well, his, the first song that he played, and if, and Moshe was annoyed by the bit, but eventually he could not deny how <laughs> funny it was. The first song he played was the Blur song. Woohoo! But when that song started, I was like, holy shit. It was really a... Uh, just a, an all-time classic bit that I think will be referenced for decades to come. And yet it was so stupid, which is the best way for a bit to be. 
Yeah, and then he did. Then he did the Smash Mouth. Then he did Rio. He played yeah. the actual Rio. It was it was a lot. It was a great time. Anyway, very fun. Very fun. I cut off your, your Pat's movie corner. What have you oh, seen? Oh God, Big I guy. Uh, I ain't seen much. I I watch uh, a couple of programs. I guess um, I saw my first episodes ever of Will and Grace. It's not a bad show. <laughs> I had never seen it before, and I watched uh, three episodes of the new one. How's the new one? It's fu- it's good. I, I I will say I like it because there's jokes, and we live in an yeah. age of the jokeless comedy. Yes. Um, it's relentless jokes, and those those actors are all really really great. I will say, to be watching primetime NBC television in 2017. And hear the F-A-G word. They uh, say it on the show? I nearly fell off my What'd couch. What did they say? They say it in jokes. You can say it. You're quoting a joke from a I goddamn do, I sitcom. don't say it. I, I don't say it. You're not like saying it in a bad way. You're just quoting something. I had also never said the C word until I finally started dealing with a true C word. And now I say it all the you time. You never said cunt? I don't say it. I love that word. I know, it's of That's, course, that, but I saved. I, were ever, I saved it for thirty-six years until I met one that warranted it. If I was ever on Inside the Actor Studio, that's my answer. <laughs> what is your favorite curse? Word? Yeah, cunt. Not in a not in a sexual way. Yeah, or a gender way rather. It's just a great word. Yeah, it, man, it cuts glass. Robin, can I can I talk to Patch Adams, please? Uh, that was a joke that Pat would do around the set of the pilot, of yeah. the TV show he runs. I was fired from the. Uh, uh, <laughs> that was a joke he would do. Like every, you know, we'd be sitting around talking about past projects that so you know whoever did. Yeah, and like for instance, David Crumholtz would say. Yeah, I remember I did this film once and I played this guy, Harry, who was a whatever. And Pat would cross his legs and then go, David, may we speak to Harry? <laughs> I, I still, because he was on that show Numbers with a three for the B, I'm always like, David, can I talk to John Numbers? Which is, of course, not the character's name. But, uh, Robin, can I talk to the bicentennial man, please? It would, it would, uh, that always made me laugh. That was a very funny yeah. bit. Um, and again, I say it every week, Joe, but every week at the taping on Friday night, they show the pilot and every week the hugest laugh is your scene. Well, thank you. That's I nice cannot to wait hear. for people to see it. Here's here's what I'm hoping. The show's been t- going into test things. You, yeah. You're doing its test run, hoping these audiences come back and go, where the hell is Gary? <laughs> yeah. And then and and then CBS has to go. We got to get this Gary guy. Back. No, I would love it. <laughs> but uh, they they told me they were like, so we're doing we're testing episodes two and three on Tuesday. Um, it's at four. So we'll need you to be there at three thirty. They're like, read me mm-hmm. this shit. And I, I literally put my hand up and I said, I will never go to any of these testings. Right. I don't want you to ask me to them. Right. I won't be there. Yeah. I go. You can give me a synopsis after. How I- would you want to sit through that? All I do uh, is stew and stress about every joke and every line, and then to go and have these fucking idiots. The people who go to these testings are people who are free at 2 p.m. on a Wednesday, and they go in there and say, like, 
I didn't I didn't understand this or that. Like I would I would break through the glass. It's a two way glass. I'd wind up breaking through the glass and killing them. I love that they do that. They do it all like, you know, CIA style. Yeah. <laughs> the two no, I, I went to the testing of the pilot and it was like, you know, like the boss character is mean. And they'll be like, I thought the boss was mean. And, and I, I had to walk out and I, I, I can't do it. It's the, the testing. I, I need to listen to my heart. The one thing I have is that I am. Well, funny. you're you're because you're a Tom Petty man. That's correct. I got to listen to my heart. Here you go. You can top off your tequila drink. I'm just handing Pat a bottle of Hornitos, <laughs> which describes my pelvis right now. Oh, uh, pelvis Wrestling. Uh, okay, so stuff we've watched. Uh, what did I see? I saw, um, well, I got the Herschel Gordon Lewis box set, the Feast box set. I got it for Christmas last year from my very generous parents. Uh, and I've been going through it slowly. Today I watched Wizard of Gore, which was a lot of fun. Um, and I started to watch A Taste for Blood, but I did not get very far into it. So far, I would say A Taste for Blood looks like, uh, um, as far as the construction of a film is concerned, at least the ones I've watched on this thing, it seems to be the, the most well-constructed of the Herschel Gordon Lewis films. Uh, but I haven't seen much of it. I've just kind of gotten into the beginning and stuff. Um, What's Hirsch's big one? Blood Feast is the one. Blood Feast That's is the one. biggest movie? Well, none of them by any stretch are big. But Blood okay. Feast is a huge cult classic. It's been remade. There were sequels. And it was, it's, it was notorious because I think it was made in the late 60s. And there's a scene where a man cuts a woman's tongue out. Of her mouth, and the way they did it was they literally pulled like a cow tongue out of the lady's mouth. Yeah. Uh, and you know, for that time, that was extremely graphic. So the movies are very bloody and gross and gory. It's it's kind of like if John Waters made straight up like horror movies. Like that's that's what it feels like to me, and I I, I like them. It's a fun it's a fun set to it's a fun set to peruse through, and he was actually a really cool guy. Like. He was like his own DP and he shot it and he, you know, and directed it and produced it like he kind of did everything. He was a very business minded guy and he did everything himself for the most part. Uh, and then like left movie business and went into like crazy like real estate and shit for a long time. I think he might have been a teacher for a while. He's, he's just an interesting guy. He's just a cool dude. Um, uh, and I well, why think don't you marry him, Joe. Hey, folks, I think that's all I've really. Yeah, I ain't seen much seen in the last week. Oh, and then I I, I, I mentioned this last time. It's still holding up. I'm still watching it. It's still great. Gotham is just really hitting a fucking home run this year. Okay. Uh, there are four episodes in. Uh, Riddler's back. Penguin is in full fucking swing. Scarecrow. Uh, I'm sure Freeze will be back. Uh, Bruce Wayne is essentially Batman already at like 15. Yeah. Um, and they're just doing really cool stuff. It's like really cool seeing like Bruce Wayne is learning how to be a detective from working alongside Gordon and picking up tips from Gordon. People are dying because he's making mistakes because he's impetuous and he's young, which is cementing like the philosophy of bat, a future Batman saying like, I'll never kill anybody. And they're just doing a really, really, really cool job of developing the character, okay. uh, all the characters. <clears throat> so watch that. Uh, anything else? You got anything else for this one? 
Well, this may be Joe's scary stuff. All right. You want me to? Well, then, then let's move on to Joe's scary stuff. All right. What do you got, baby? When I was probably eighth grade, my buddy Aaron Crozier tried to show me the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, which you have a giant poster of in your home. French poster. French poster. Give it all the, give it all, you know. And I couldn't handle it. It was traumatizing for me, even though I know that's supposed to be the comedy one. Yeah, when when I was a kid and I saw it, I found it extremely gory and upsetting. And then when I got older, I was like, oh, this is like ridiculous. Right. It's supposed to be funny. So I had bought the Shout Factory edition of it with all the special features. I th- fantastic. I'm starting to think that maybe this will be the first time I actually have something for Joe's Scary Stuff. Pat, here's how right you are. I did this as a scary stuff once for myself. Okay. And I was going to watch the movie and found that my memories of being traumatized by it as a kid were so strong, I couldn't watch it. <laughs> and so instead, I watched the 90-minute documentary right. about the making of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, which was fantastic. Yes. And still, I have not seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. It's a great Blu-ray. They did a really, really wonderful job. The yes. artwork on the front, as I've said before in the podcast, it could be my favorite horror movie out- artwork ever. And now, it was you know artwork. this poster here is a spoof of The Breakfast Club. Yes. You know that? Okay. Yeah, it's, 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 it's phenomenal. It's, yes. it's, this is a really... Texas Chainsaw 2 is a really uh, heady and layered sequel for what it was. Like, it was, you know... It, it was fucked me up. To be honest, I think it was it's you know, it's basically what a lot of sequels try to do where they try to satirize the first one and make a commentary about it. Uh-huh. Uh, and sometimes they succeed. Sometimes they don't. And they're very polarizing. There are people out there that love Gremlins, too. I am not a fan. Oh, really? I don't like Gremlins, too, but I don't have any good reason to not like it. I just for whatever reason, don't really like it that much. OK, but I, I, unders- I love them both for very different reasons. I understand why people like it, but Texas yeah. Chainsaw 2 is very much like a Gremlins 2 kind of thing. Right. So, um, but that Scream Factory release is a wonderful, wonderful package. Uh, all, it, rivaled only, in my opinion, by the Exorcist 3 release that they did. Don't have it. <clears throat> it's fantastic. It's, yeah. got a, it's got a whole, it's got the director's cut of the movie on it, which is right. a different film, uh, and it's great. So um, what am I hearing? Are there motorcycles in the in the neighborhood? It's my neighbors have their speakers against that wall. Oh, okay. So it's not it's not distracting. It's just I thought it might be this recording, and I was worried about it. No, no. Uh, Sounds like the Sons of Anarchy are in town. The Mayans. <laughs> Joe, scary stuff. Uh, what do I have? Um, you know, I don't know if I have anything this week, to be honest with you. Uh, I've talked a lot about the video games I've been playing. Um, you know, look. I'll I ta- played my first video game in 15 years today. What'd you play? Uh, I was I was gifted a, a PS4, and it's called Something 2. And it's a big, like, almost like thing from Fantastic Four looking guy who, like, beats the shit out of things. It can get small. What's it called? I wish I remember the name of it. It was really fun, and the graphics were incredible. I haven't played a game since, like, Paperboy. It's, uh, so, it's something, too, and it was really fun. They they gave me the game for free. I, I wish I knew what it was called. You know what? I'll, I'll say this for Joe Scary Stuff. Joe, are you about to do the Universal Monsters set that no. you did last week? No. Okay, I can't That's see what, what you're I'm holding. That's not what I'm holding. All right. Uh, I was at Barnes & Noble 
We like to call it BNN. Uh, but I was at Barnes and Noble. Uh, if you're a Batman the Animated Series fan, which I am, a tremendous fan of this show, I sure. believe that the entire four seasons are masterful and that Mark Hamill is the greatest Joker of all time. Uh, and a lot of people would agree with that. Uh, but anyway, Barnes and Noble right now, volumes two and four, just two and four for some reason, they're like ten bucks each. Okay. For the entire second and fourth seasons. So I bought them. Uh, so go get those. All right. Why wouldn't you? I'm very Batman heavy today. All right. Uh, they're nice sets. You know, they're all the episodes. They're not available on Blu-ray. These are DVD sets. You know, and they got some boy, uh, some um, uh, bonus features. I almost said boy wonder features. Jesus Christ. This whiskey's starting to hit me a little bit. The game I played today was called Knack 2. I don't know, Knack. I've never even heard of it. It was really fun. And it sounds like bullshit, and then, like you made it up. And no, I don't I, believe you. I, I think have you're like lying. six games, and I have the VR thing, and I'm excited to try them all. Now, you tell me that the Batman VR game is supposed to be incredible. I don't have the PSVR. I want to get it. It's $400. That's I was gifted this shit. Uh, so I've you. been hesitant to it. pull the trigger on that, because I'm like, well, that's a lot of money to spend for yeah. a VR thing. I also am fairly sure that... 25 seconds into playing the VR, I will start vomiting everywhere. <laughs> but I've heard the Batman is game it Arkham? is... It's Batman VR. It's so like, I can it's get the a, only one. I can get this one. game for 16 bucks. I'm it's the only it. one. It's not right. very long. These games aren't... The, uh, the VR games are not long. Okay. Um, but I hear the Batman one's fun. The one I hear the most rave reviews about is Star Trek Bridge Crew. Now, here's okay. how that works. I'll eventually get this thing and come to your house and play VR games with yeah. you because why not make our lives even sadder? <laughs> uh, but Bridge Crew is the one. Like, Bridge Crew is the game where... And that's where all your Star Trek favorites play bridge, right? Yes. <laughs> they have the glasses with the little uh, mm -hmm. strings on them that keep them attached to their head, and they play bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Star Trek Bridge Crew <laughs> yeah. is... Uh, it's a game where um, you everybody has a different post on the bridge of the Enterprise. Okay. And literally, it's like you make decisions based on orders coming down to you from whoever's playing the captain, or you don't. And if you don't all work together, your fucking ship's going to, like, crash or whatever. Huh. So it's supposed to be crazy, like... Because it's literally like you're the second mate. It's like your job is be the second mate. Right. You're the uh, engineer or the navigator or whatever. That's your fucking job. And it's okay. like you get told to do something. You have a choice whether or not to do it. And if you don't do it right, right. you're going to fuck the game up for everybody else. So it's supposed to be really incredible. Now, let me ask you this. Are you, are you and I, because I, I signed up and I had to do an hour of fucking passwords and shit. Are you and I ever able to play a game together on the PlayStation Network? Yeah. Well, we got to start doing this. I don't play online much, but I'll do that with you. It sounds fun. I'll tell you what I'd like to get into. They only give you, you one controller. Like, really? That's shitty. Yeah, that sucks. It's, well, it's you fucking shitty. the whole goddamn thing for free. That aside. Yeah, well... I got hooked up with a, an incredible PlayStation package. Because you judged a thing. But they should really give you a, a second controller. Like it, You get the old Nintendo, you get two controllers. 
I used to play with my sister all day. You well, didn't have to buy on the, a second the NES Classic. You had to get a second controller. You had to buy. It. I find that really shitty. Well, here's the thing. Um, yeah, that they could put in two. But um, here's the thing. Um, uh, we can play online. Here's what I'd like to get into playing with you right. is Marvel Capcom Infinite, which is the latest edition of the Marvel Capcom franchise. I'll do that. That just came out. It's a fighting game, and it's yeah. Marvel characters versus Capcom characters, as you might have assumed. I did. Uh, but those games are a hell of a lot of fun. I've got some old ones. I've got, I've got the earlier uh, versions of these for my Sega Saturn, X-Men Children of the Atom, Street Fighter Alpha 2. I'm going to be getting Street Fighter versus Marvel soon for my Sega Saturn. Uh, and then the Marvel Capcom started to come out, and they're, they're, they're really a hell of a lot of fun. Tell me the best PlayStation 4 game, and I will order it right now. Well, the best game of all time that's about to come out is Star Wars Battlefront 2. It comes it. out in November. And there is a first-person shooter campaign of Star Wars. Right. So there's a single-player campaign in that game where it's going to be like Call of Duty except Star Wars. Okay. I don't know how much better life can get than that. <laughs> um, right, I'll get it. We've all been waiting for this for a long time. It comes out in November. I also got some game with some sort of gun. Now, I sent you that picture. What is that? I don't know what that was. Okay. But it's a light gun game, and I can't, I, maybe you put the hat on and the VR. I don't know. I don't have the VR. So I'm, I'm, a, little, I'm a little lost with the VR stuff because I just, yeah. like I said, it's, it's four or 500 bucks. It's called Farpoint. Yeah, I've heard of the game. I, you know, it's supposedly pretty good. All right. Uh, let's get to our uh, movie. Yeah. Shit. Joe and I saw this one together. Blade, Blade Runner, Runner 2049. 2049. Blade Runner 2049. The long-awaited sequel to Blade Runner. And uh, let's just get right to it, Pat. Everybody wants to know, was it better than the first one? Did you guys like it more than the first one? You guys weren't fans of the first one. What did you think of Blade Runner 2049? And I will say I was thoroughly impressed that a movie somehow outshitted the first Blade Runner <laughs> that I hate. Now, see, for me... I really admired how it perfectly replicated, if you'll pardon the pun, the spirit of Blade Runner, um, especially for that much time between sequels. It really landed that classic Blade Runner tone I agree of with being that. almost unwatchably dull <laughs> from start to finish. I was... I was drifting in and out of sleep <laughs> i didn't understand a single minute of it i was bored beyond belief they keep calling you know like it's a real trudge this goddamn thing two hours and 48 minutes or something you go see force awakens they call back to star wars the place like does a standing ovation <laughs> and this thing it's like here's a here's a photo of sean young and i'm like I don't even remember what she did in that movie. <laughs> Who gives a fuck? It was the one positive, and it's a big positive. It's the guy that did Prisoners, Dennis Villeneuve, and it is Roger Deakins, the best cinematographer of our time, who a, shot... I don't even need to list his resume. I'll just say he shot Fargo, the best shot movie of my lifetime. It's a visual masterpiece. It is a visual It, it is a moving piece of art. Yes. And if the story backed it up, we would be talking about an all-time classic. But 
it was boring and to me made no sense and I didn't give a fuck. The plot didn't make sense. Uh, and here's why. Go on. I'll start here. Second movie in a row where they go, we got to kill these replicants. We got to get rid of these replicants. And I'll say it again, and I know some of the listeners have combated this stance. I'll say it again. Why? Mm -hmm. They're not bothering anybody. Opening scene is Ryan Reynolds going to a replicant's farm. Or Gosling, excuse me. Going to a replicant's farm, Dave Batista, because he's a replicant. And it's like, this guy's not bothering anybody. He literally is a a very nice-seeming worm farmer (laughs) who is living completely off the grid. And not bothering anyone. And that's how you're going to start the dramatic tension of this movie. By assassinating an innocent worm farmer. (laughs) Living away from public view. So that's the first thing. This movie gets so convoluted plot-wise, you've got... Now, there's going to be spoilers here. You've got... I wouldn't even know how to spoil it because I don't know what happened. You've got Gosling working for the man, so to speak. He's a replicant working for the cops. And his job is to go out and kill other replicants. Or retire them, as they put it. Uh, Then... Uh, comes into the play, uh, Josh or Jared Leto, excuse me. Oh boy! Uh, as the guy that makes all the replicants, so somehow, even though the replicants were a problem, they still let the like Bill Gates of replicants still make the replicants or something. Right. I didn't quite understand that me part either. But anyway, he's making the replicants. So you think naturally these two would be on the same side, but for some reason, Jared Leto's team doesn't have gosling's best interest in mind i don't still don't really understand why nope at one point they go to question robin wright who plays uh, gosling's boss at the lapd where gosling is she covers for him and sacrifices her own life to to to, to protect him which doesn't make sense because it's like why are you protecting him when you've yep. sent him out to kill other replicants beautifully shot scene yeah when they killed her i was like wow that was a beautifully shot scene that I didn't give a fuck about. Then he goes down into a sewer at one point, and the, there's other replicants down there, and they're like, we're going to rise up and show people we deserve to live. And you're like, okay, that's a good cause. And they're like, here's the catch. You got to go kill Harrison Ford now. And he's like, yeah, but he's on our side. Why do you want me to kill him? And they're like, just do it. Yeah. That never even gets followed through. There is no resolution to the storyline that gets introduced in the 11th hour of the replicant revolution, which is clearly just an open-ended thing to, to create another sequel, which is dumb. Um, and it won't happen because I feel like this movie lost a lot of money. Yeah, Harrison Ford finally comes in, uh, and you're excited, and you're like, here he is, the old ass-kicking guy is back, and I love it and everything. Then... You proceed to see a series of scenes where Harrison Ford is unconscious uh, consistently and Ryan Gosling is continually having to save Harrison Ford, which I don't want to see. I still believe that Harrison Ford could beat the living shit out of anybody you put him against. Yeah, he's. I love when you see him staggering around the bar. You can see Kenny. He can barely walk anymore. (laughs) He's put his body through so much shit. I love it. He's an old fucking battle axe. I love this guy. And then... Instead of showing how badass he is, 
he's like unconscious all the time and yeah. it, because he's getting knocked out and he can't help and then it's like well wait why does he have to kill him he doesn't have to kill him and no. then and then Who's he doesn't bothering i am the goddamn uh, movie doesn't make any sense i i of course like star wars but i am i always preferred indiana jones i'm not a huge star wars guy but to get the force awakens two years ago one year ago whatever it was and get that triumphant return of harrison ford that's probably why this whole thing got greenlit but he comes out in blade runner and you feel nothing. It's not like you're throwing your fist in the air like Deckard's back, baby. Well, that's, who cares? And as I said, she was to boring. You, that the narrate Harrison Ford's narration of the original Blade Runner is the least interested I've ever heard any actor be in any movie ever. Well, and then they released the director's cut, and everybody said, "Well, the reason you don't like Blade Runner is because of the narration." I said, "Okay, yeah." And then you watch the one without the narration. It's somehow more boring. Yes, and it makes less sense. Uh, and that's the other problem I have with this film. There are so many fucking versions of the original Blade Runner. It's like, well, which one is is law? Which one is 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 canon? And which is the one that I'm supposed to follow into this thing? We did Blade Runner on this show. It's it's uh, one. I think it's one of our best episodes. Go back and listen to it. Um. The preferred version is the director's cut, which I went and saw in the theater. I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna name her, but uh, Sean a, Young. The, no, there is, uh, there's, there's. I, I, this is stupid. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna abandon this. But I've never given anything more of a chance than Blade Runner. I was gonna reference an ex girlfriend of mine, except yeah. her. Uh, I have never tried again and again with something more than blade runner because i'm like i want to i for some reason i want to like it i don't know what to say and everybody who likes it feels like they're smart so you want to be in on that on that game i'll tell you this i had the pleasure many years ago before he was named as the guy that was going to write star wars yes force awakens and he eventually left the project. But I did meet um, Michael, whatever his name is, Ardent, whatever. Oh, yeah. The guy who wrote Toy, the Toy Story 3. Guy, yeah. yeah. Toy Story 3, a masterpiece. I met him at I a I don't like cartoons. I met Toy him at Story a, 3 is the best of the franchise. Met him at a party, knew that he wrote Toy Story 3. Yeah. He, had, again, had not been named yet to, to write Star Wars Force Awakens. Did he do Little Miss Sunshine? Yes. Okay, go on. And... Uh, we were talking about sci-fi stuff just coincidentally. I don't know how we got onto it, but we did. And I remember saying to him, everything on paper says I should love Blade Runner, but can I be honest with you? I hate that fucking movie. And yeah. he doubled over laughing because even though he liked it, he understood what I meant. Yeah. And that's how I felt about this new one. Beautiful visuals, spectacular effects, great acting. Yeah. Not a movie I ever want to see ever 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 again uh do you follow on twitter one perfect shot i don't know you should but they they I'm show not you on twitter anymore really. they show you like amazing stills from from movies and they pick great stuff and they're the kind of stills you want like blown up and put on put on the wall of your house any shot of this blade runner and the original blade runner would make for a beautiful painting in your house. absolutely and yet, folks, it ain't enough. I'm sorry. 
I don't know what to tell you. And I know film is a visual medium, and I get it. Um, but it's not. But but film is not strictly a visual medium. That's right. And that's the thing. That's right. That's the thing. So now I have seen movies where I didn't care about the plot. I didn't understand it. Whatever. Where the, the visuals were enough to carry me. A little movie called Enter the Void that I I don't know if I've ever mentioned on here. It's an alright flick. Uh, I I was obsessed with it for a period of time. I think it's one of the best looking movies ever made. Um, and that that put put me over the edge, despite the fact the story is kind of non-existent. Um, this just man, and I and I went in with high hopes because of uh, Villeneuve, but it's yeah. No good. It's no I good. went in with high hopes because of him and and Harrison Ford being back. I'm a sucker for Harrison Ford, and uh, I just didn't enjoy. It. And I love Gosling, and I love Robin Wright, and yeah. But are know, people passionate sure. about this thing? Do people have love for the new Blade Runner? People. You know, I got a text from uh, my friend Brian. He said, drop everything you're doing right now and go see Blade Runner. And I was like, oh, okay, this is exciting. And then I went and saw it and didn't feel that way. No. Uh, In fact, felt the urge to go hit him in the face (laughs) for saying that. Um, So anyway, don't see Blade Runner, folks. Uh, (laughs) Here's our shout outs as promised to the Patreon folks that donated five dollars or more. We can't thank you enough. Start with our, our our true hero. Start with our boy. Derek the Gooch Clark with a huge donation. We don't need to name numbers because we don't want to nobody's it's not a game. It's not a competition. Thank you, the Gooch. Thank you to everybody equally. Derek the Gooch Clark, Matthew Little, Tracy Reddington, Sean Thomas, Amanda Alzamora, Jason. Yeah, I've seen all these names on the Facebook page. Jason Weeble. Weibel. We all fall down. Uh, Michael Curry, Drew Spindler, Andrew Koval, Sam Mitchell, Aaron Malinowski, Scott Nolan, Jack Gertz, Hell Yeah Dude, Benjamin Tahia, Misty Zavar, Brandon Knock, Brandon Webb, uh, Dijane? Dajne Wilford, if I'm saying that wrong, I apologize. I think it's Dajne Wilford. Sounds like you're saying it wrong, probably. Chris Thornton, Dilarama, Superfan Giovanni. That's a good name. (laughs) Superfan Giovanni. Uh, Michael Gold, Danielle Dewar, Eric Lamora, Michael Madrigal. Oh, is that my? Oh, yeah, it is. That's my buddy, Mike Madrigal. Mr. Suit Records. Check out his store in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, if you're ever there. It's a great record store. All right. uh, he's a friend of mine from college. Good dude. Stephen Reese, Walter Keegan, Kevin Marcinek. What would you do if I was reading these and like like one of them was like Russell Crowe? And it was Russell Crowe. <laughs> Erica Branning, Lawrence Anderson, Jared Smallridge, Zach Schoendorf. Okay. Will Potorf, Natalie Craig, Nathan Basket, Edmund Agabo. I believe that's how you say that. Anthony, no last name, just Anthony. Uh, Kyle Kinsland, Brooke Adams, Monty Buckles. Holy shit. That's a great name. That might be the best name I've ever seen in my life. That is Monty a great name. Buckles. Yeah, that sounds like a, a direct-to-Netflix Adam Sandler vehicle. Monty it's, Buckles. Yes, or a Christopher Guest character. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Oni Babadook. That can't be the real name. It's just Frank. one word. Scott Patton. Oh, like Onibok, the the uh, Japanese horror movie, but with Babadook. Oni Babadook, yeah. I get it. Scott Patton, who we just said. MySpace Mike, another great name. Michael Aiello? I think that's it. Michael Aiello. Max Unrath. Dominic, Dominique Bander. Heighton Davidson, Brian England, and John Weissengruber. Thank you all. Those are your shout-outs. You guys are the best. We appreciate it. And thank you, everybody else that donated, too. We're not excluding you. We're just not giving you a shout-out because you didn't donate five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> but thank uh, you for the donation still. We really appreciate it. Yes. Thank you to everybody. Uh, I honestly was not expecting this at all it's it's a beautiful thing and we very much appreciate it we can't tell you how um, much we we appreciate it and as i said on the exclusive patreon only episode uh you know obviously we weren't doing this for the money we've been doing it for two years without trying to monetize it but it hits a point as joe and my life get busier and busier where you're like why the fuck are we doing this and there's two reasons one is the positive feedback on both Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I don't think you can say both if there's three things, but whatever. Uh, and the other now, frankly, is like, look, all of our friends who have podcasts make a tremendous amount of money on them. If we can make a little money, you know, it, it's it's a job. You know, Joe and I could be talking at a bar right now. Um, but uh, we, we very much appreciate it. I, I want to make that very clear. We very much appreciate it. And uh, it ensures that the podcast will continue. Thank you. Um, that is it for us this week. Joe, do you have any plugs? Uh, yeah, Pittsburgh this weekend. Nice. By the time you're hearing this, I might even be there already. I'm at the Pittsburgh Improv. I have shows Friday night, two shows. Saturday night, two shows. Sunday night, one show. Come on out to the show. And God damn it, if you know some fun shit to do, come tell me where it is and how to do it. You going to hey. see your parents? No, that's Philly. They're in South Jersey. Pretty, I thought they were Pittsburgh in, is a good five hours probably from Philadelphia. I thought your parents were in Philadelphia. Well, that's where we're from. They're, they live in South Jersey. Oh, okay. All right. But still, Philly is, is a hike from Pittsburgh. No, I know. I know. Uh, do you know, Pat? I do. I live do in you Jersey know? City, and I've been to Philadelphia many times. Uh, but yeah, so if you're in Pittsburgh, come out to the shows. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'll be doing what's roughly this new hour of material. And uh, let me know what is good in your town. I am on... Joe DeResta Comedy on Instagram. Oh, Come Jesus follow me. Christ. Sorry. Thank you. I am on Twitter and Instagram at ThePatrickWalsh. And my television program, Living Biblically, also starring Joe DeRosa, will be hitting the airwaves. I don't know, but I know that we have started shooting promos. So I think you will start hearing about it very soon. And in this crowded television landscape, folks, anything you can do to get the word out is much appreciated because I think we got a real special show and I'm excited for you to see it. Don't see Blade Runner. That's our time. And folks, we'll see you next week where I believe we'll be reviewing Cult of Chucky. And we'll also see you in hell. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>